Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime, and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I am joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So, Tracy, do you want to tell us what we're snacking on this week? So, this week, we are snacking on a different flavor of Kit Kat. So, as uh, we mentioned in episode 7, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't listened to yet, uh, we talked a little bit about how Kit Kat has released hundreds of flavors, and a lot of them come out of Japan. So, today, we've got Salt Lemon. Mmm. I'm I'm very interested in trying this. Because it's either going to be, like, nice and sweet or super sour. I, I'm wondering, like, I don't know. When I think of, like, salt lemon, it's like, should I be having a tequila shot with this? <laughs> That's good. Instead of, you know, the, yeah, you just down the tequila and then bite into the Kit and then Kat. Chase, yeah, this is a Kit Kat chaser. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could try that at a later time. Uh <laughs> Uh, and uh, today we have a returning special guest. We have Tracy's sister, Michelle. So welcome back to our podcast. Thank you. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, so for Michelle's history with Sailor Moon, you can go back to episode nine. Uh, but do you have any new Sailor Moon news or goings on in your life, Michelle? Um, not actually not really right now. Um, <laughs> just what the two episodes we watched. Um so yeah, I, I didn't really remember the first one from like when I even rewatched it, but um yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this this one stuck out in my head. I remembered this one. I don't yeah. think we talked about your favorite Sailor Scout the last time you were on. Oh, I can't remember. So we can do that again. Yeah, um well like I like when I think back to like my childhood, I I like I don't know if I think of her as my favorite one, but, like, whenever I'd play Sailor Moon, like, I'd always be Sailor Jupiter, which, hmm. I don't know, like, I I don't, I don't even know if, like, we, I feel like we did it based on, like, how we looked, and I had this, like, long brown hair that I'd always put in a ponytail. And I yeah, think you always had I, the high ponytail, that's why you yeah. were Sailor Jupiter. And that's how I became Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, I was always Sailor Mercury, because I was the quote-unquote smart one in the group. Uh, we none. We were all pretty smart. I don't know why I ended up being Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been Jupiter because I was also by far the tallest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely not the tallest over here, but just ended up Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> She's not even like that much taller than the other Sailor Scouts when you really look at it. Mm-hmm. She's just a little bit taller. Anyways. Well, it depends on how they draw her, I guess. Sometimes she's super tall and sometimes she's not that tall. Mm-hmm. She's a lot taller than Usagi, though, isn't she? Yeah, I think she is. And we get to see, like, more of her in this episode today, right? Yeah, hang on. I'm, now I'm looking up their heights, and then I'll introduce the episodes. <laughs> you got me on a tangent. <laughs> on a tangent. Uh, all right, so Makoto is five foot six, uh, and Usagi is four foot eleven. Whoa, oh, wow. she's tiny. Yeah. I, I knew Asagi was supposed to be super tiny. But so Makoto is, yeah, quite a bit taller than Usagi. How, how tall is Minako with, without the bow? Um, I, I don't know if, if they include the bow in the tights, but let me look. Uh, Minako is 5'2". Oh, okay. Much more I relatable. I that's without the bow. It's just in the anime, their legs look so long, you think they're mm-hmm. taller than that. Yeah, yeah when you said look- five six, I was like, wait, what? She's like normal height. <laughs> yeah. Well, for us, that's kind of normal yeah. height, but you know, people oh, in Japan yeah. uh, tend to be uh, skew a bit on the shorter side, generally oh, damn, speaking. She's like a giant in Japan, then, I guess. That's true. Well, I think, I think that's why she's always saying, like, I'm sorry I'm so tall and I'm sorry I'm like, so strong and I'm too heavy and you can't do anything with me and I'm like oh come on Mako that's not nice hashtag she's like all the goals right yeah it's like anyway we'll talk about it in this episode so today we are watching episodes 39 and 40 we are super close to the end of season one folks uh episode 39 is paired with a monster Mako the ice skating queen 
And 40 is the legendary Lake Yokai, the bond of Usagi's family. I love that one. I love both of these episodes. Uh, but we will, as always, start with episode 39. Um, the we don't one always there, start with 39. I mean, this well, is the first time we're talking about it. <laughs> I admit we will always start with the first one of the two, not jump ahead to the joking. next one. I'm just joking. So this episode is uh, the one where, because ice skating was a popular thing on the moon, everybody assumes they can skate. And it is true of everybody except Usagi, which we will get to. Um, so do you have any overall impressions of uh, of this episode, Tracy? Um, I don't know. It was like a generally very fun episode. I really like that. My favorite, not my favorite, because this Episodes full of like a lot of really funny things, but groups of five get into the skating rink, eh? Sounds suspicious. Let's go check it out. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's a trap. There's five of you. The Dark Kingdom knows there's five of you. It's a trap. It's like getting sillier and sillier. And what I think is really uh, fun is that they are realizing it. They're just like, hmm, sounds suspicious. Let's, let's go check it out. Or... Whatever the saying that um, Minako screws up again. Oh. (laughs) She's not very good at sayings, which is adorable. Yeah, I think that's one of her her things, is that she's just not great at remembering sayings. And then Ami tends to correct her all the time. Uh, What did you think of this episode, Michelle? Um... I Well, I really thought when I was watching it, like, because I didn't really remember it from, like, I remember Sailor Jupiter, like, she, like her skating, but I don't remember, like, pretty much any of this episode. Um, and watching back on it, um, I totally forgot that Endymion was there. Like, I forgot that they brainwashed him. And I was like, wait, what's happening here? And <laughs> <laughs> why is he on the, the wrong side? <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I like when I watched episode 40, I was like, oh, that's what happened. I remember now. <laughs> I like I, for, I thought that they all lost their memory for some reason. But they got them back. Mm, only Endymion has lost his memory at this point. Oh, okay. Usagi got her memory back as the Moon Princess. Okay. But clearly not, like, all their memories. So, like, at the beginning of this episode, which I find really weird, is they're watching... So Minako and Usagi are watching skating, and then Mm -hmm. Artemis is like, oh, yeah, by the way, you guys used to be really good at this on the moon, and suddenly they're inspired to go ice skating. So, obviously, they didn't remember that they liked Mm -hmm. skating on the moon. Yeah, so this episode's come out in 1993, and... I don't remember. I remember figure skating was really popular in the early 90s. Um, I never personally got into it because I am terrible. Usagi skating is me skating, so I don't even try anymore. <laughs> um, but I remember it was on TV all the time. I think the Winter were the Winter Olympics that year, maybe. Um, but there was a lot, a lot about figure skating on. So it's like, I don't, it doesn't surprise me that they do a figure skating episode. Um I think there would have been a Winter Olympics the following year, 94. Yeah, I don't remember. Because there was a Winter Olympics in Japan. Maybe that's what inspired this episode. <laughs> yeah, there was a 94 98. Winter Olympics. So that was a, a little while after this. Yeah. But I think I feel uh, yeah there was the ninety two Winter Olympics and ninety four Winter Olympics so I, I feel like that was and I mean I'm not into figure skating at all so if you are I'm sorry if I'm by saying this but I feel like that was like the heyday of figure skating like where it was like, at like its peak popularity um, maybe it's still super popular now and I just don't notice it I don't know I, I, I think it is still kind of popular yeah my niece does. Um, synchronized skating which is adorable because she's been doing it since she was like six and she's going to be 10 this year so that's the amount of skating i watch every year is once a year we go to her uh skating gala and we watch her skate and it's super cute it was a lot cuter when she was six (laughs) sorry go ahead yeah michelle used to skate 
I skated a little bit when I, like, maybe for, like, three years, I think, um, did, like, lessons, um, but I think that I was, like, into, I was into it, like, during the Vancouver Olympics, I'm pretty sure, and, and I, I, like, randomly, I don't know why, but it was, like, for Patrick Chan, and me and my friends were all, like, Patrick Chan, and we wanted him to succeed, and he didn't, but whatever. <laughs> but you were definitely, like, skating around, like, the Nagano Olympics. So that was the one in Japan. Because I remember, like, my parents put both Michelle and I in skating, and I was just awful at it. Just, like, so bad. But Michelle was really good. <laughs> I don't remember, like, being really good at it, but I just remember I liked it when I was younger. But, like, I stopped for a while, and then... Like, we went to, like, Nathan Phillips Square, like, when I was older, and I, like, could not skate for the life of me, and I was, like, no ankle support, what is this? And (laughs) I, like, used to skate, like, perfectly fine when I was, like, younger, and I used to love it. I just remember I used to love it, and then, I don't know, we moved to Whippy, and I didn't do any skating lessons here. (laughs) Yeah, it's never too late. You can always get back into it if you want. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's over for me. Yeah, I, I've had many friends try to teach me how to skate and all have failed. So I stick to skiing. Mm. <laughs> um, so back to this episode. Uh, Kunzite has his master pet plan to uh, trap them with figure skating. Because <laughs> it's yeah. a Kunzite plan. <laughs> oh my god, he's so full of good plans. I that feel like he so just has sense. like a dartboard and he's like, ah, I don't know, let's just boom, let's try figure let's skating. Try, let's, let's try figure sk- skating. <laughs> he probably saw them on like on that ad or them figure skating and was like, yeah, let's try this too. Like, let's try this. <laughs> let's yeah, let's think- just try what all the teenage girls are into, mm-hmm. right? That's pretty much what he's trying. Yeah. So, you think because this was in 1993 slash 1995, pre-internet, Quinzite had like a subscription to like Teen Beat magazine and was just like flipping through and being like, what are teenage girls into now? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That's creepy. He had to find out somehow. (laughs) So my favorite part of this plan is that they're going to find Sailor Moon based on her agility and athleticism. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I caught that too. (laughs) And then they like, so... They completely skip over Usagi on the skating rink because she's clearly really bad at it. Like, she's the worst person skating on this rink. But, like, two or three episodes ago, they were trying to find Usagi based on her klutziness and lack of ability with the princess school. Yeah. Like, if she's klutzy and and a crime and not very good at this, and but also good at the frisbee, she's got to be Sailor Moon. And here they're like, oh, but if she's athletic and uh, graceful, then she's got to be. And I'm like, "Mm, no. Yeah, I didn't get either because, like, they're like, they totally skipped her. But then when she turned into Sailor Moon and she stepped on the ice, she also immediately fell. So, like, they'd never put two and two together that they're like, oh, she's klutzy. Maybe she's that klutzy one we saw earlier. Uh, I love that. What? Even a Sailor Moon? I can't skate. (laughs) (laughs) And then every chance that they get to like learn the identity of one of the Sailor Scouts, that information gets destroyed. So like they identify Mako as Sailor Jupiter on that computer screen and then it explodes. So they will never actually know who Sailor Jupiter is. It's so convenient. Convenient. Um, So... The other thing that bugged me about this episode is that Mako has never skated before either, but she was very good on the Moon Kingdom, so she's an excellent skater. But Usagi, who has never skated since na- till now, was an excellent skater on the Moon Kingdom too, and the princess, and she's terrible at it? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Mako should not be as great as, sh- as she was on the Moon Kingdom either. Because she even, like, stopped at the end, and she's like, wow, I didn't know I could skate like that. But she's very graceful, though, right? We've seen that in previous episodes where she is yes. able to to be really good at dancing. I know that comes up in Sailor Moon Super S, I want to see, where she dances uh, with tar- Tiger's Eye. And she has that beautiful black dress with the big rose on the front. I love that dress. 
Have yeah. we seen it? Yeah. It's really, yeah. So it's interesting that she, I didn't catch that that was her first time skating. I did have yeah. a question, though. Who broke her heart or who did it remind her of? Uh, that's <laughs> a running remember. gag. Yeah. Uh, so in the English version, um, she would always say, like, that reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. And oh, yes. Okay. That, that was what she would always say. Um, mm. But in the Japanese version, it's the one who broke her heart. So he oh. has hair, like the one who broke her heart. Yeah. I kind of want to, like, go through and, like, piece together what her, the guy who broke her heart looked like based on all the clues that she drops. Me too, because it's like, that guy's got the nose, like, of the guy who broke my heart, and that guy's got the hair of the guy who broke my heart. And and I think uh, um, Motoki had the voice of the guy, and what was Crane Game Joe was something too. She was the first one. And I'm like, somebody who's good at drawing needs to go through all of these episodes and draw the guy who broke her heart based on all of these clues. Yeah, we definitely need that. So we could, and then we'll know what he sounds like too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Because when I was watching the English version growing up, I was like, whoa, she's had a lot of ex-boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but now it seems like there's just like one guy who just like broke her heart in the Japanese version. Which makes more sense because she's 14. Mm-hmm. Honestly, how many people did you date before you were 14? Hopefully not that many. No comments. <laughs> Long, drawn out pause. <laughs> before I was 14 or when I was 14? Anyways. <laughs> so I love the figure skaters in this. Um, what are they named? Misha and... Is it Janelin? Yeah. Janelin? They had an amazing transformation. Like when yes. they transformed, it was it reminded me of like a Sailor Scout transformation. Yes, mm. I wrote that. I'm like, uh, I love the monster design and they have a transformation sequence, which is so cool. And I like that he kind of goes slightly vampire and she goes slightly alien. Yeah, they don't really match, but yeah. But they're still awesome. And they yeah. get they have such a good good design. And I also love when um, Kunzite is freezing them all. Uh, Misha kind of, even though they're both monsters, Misha like covers Janlin with her with his cape to like protect her. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, and Janlin, Janlin was like still super jealous even in like the monster form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what makes her transform, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, negative yes. energy. Oh, yes, yes. I find it interesting, though, that Usagi, so in this battle, she can't skate, but she can jump? <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I Tuxedo Mask just kind of throws her around. And she's like, hey, look. I, I can, can do skate. it by myself. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not very believable, but. No. Uh, having Tuxedo Mask show up in this is just super confusing. Like, why is he fighting with Sailor Moon? Why is he saving her? Why is he fighting the monsters? Like, if he's supposed to be a bad guy, why is he doing all this stuff? Okay, because, so I had an idea about okay. that. Because it's it's all about the Dark Kingdom's distrust of each other. So there's no working together in the Dark Kingdom. And there's this animosity between Kunzite and uh, Endymion. So they always want to one-up each other. And it's almost like um, Endymion doesn't want Kunzite to, to succeed. More, He wants Kunzite's failure more than the crystal. Hmm. But wouldn't, I guess he's protected. I was going to say, wouldn't Beryl notice this and, and punish him like she's punished Nephrite and uh, Jedi, but I guess, and and uh, Zoysite for that matter. But I guess Endymion's got that, got the heart of Beryl. So Beryl's like turning a blind eye to him saving Sailor Moon all this time because she loves so. him so much. I think so. I'm not sure if Endymion really knows that he gets a pass, but I think that the Dark Kingdom is so messed up that they would rather see each other fail than succeed as a group. And you see that time and time and again with the Dark, like, with all of the um, generals. 
that's got to be super frustrating for Beryl. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, God damn it, guys. I hired you to do a job. <laughs> Stop but, picking I mean, on each other. <laughs> she, like, fosters that kind of work environment, don't you think? No. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You're only as good as your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, Endymion, like, uh, Mamoru as Endymion is a lot more take charge than he was as Tuxedo Mask. Like, he, Tuxedo Mask, if if he hadn't been evil, Tuxedo Mask would have been like, Sailor Moon, throw your tiara at the vent up, or at that glowy orb up there that's causing all of this thing, and, and let her save the day, but he's just like, fuck it, and throws a stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, good for you, you know. Took you being brainwashed to take a step up useful. a bit. To step yeah. up, To yeah. be useful. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, like he has like a stick and a rose, and he wasn't ever that useful. So, yeah, in the anime, he he has has... tuxedo, a smoking bomber. Yeah, in in, in manga. But all all he has is good timing. Yeah, yeah, and he still has that being evil. (laughs) Yeah, I I really. I guess I should say. Yeah, I really did like this episode, though. I mean, it was still it was still very cute and very sweet to watch. Uh, watch them all skate. They're all wearing adorable little skating outfits. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they felt the need to like buy these cute skating outfits when they've never skated before. But like everybody's got them on, even Everyone. like the people in the crowd. I thought that was like, especially uh, since it was a whim of a moment, the moment thing. Like, let's go. Okay. Oh, then shopping first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was like, yeah, they all were dressed up in these cute skating outfits. <laughs> it's like, there's a sale. Yeah, on your way, they stop and they're like, oh. groups of five, get a discount on cute sailing <laughs> outfits or skating outfits. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I really, really like this episode. I think it's super cute. I really like Mako, so I like when she has spotlight episodes. Even if she's mostly just boy crazy. I think my favorite part of that episode was when she left she left Misha. And he was like, yes. what the? <laughs> like, yeah. what is up with And she's, like, always apologizing. Because she's like, oh, I'm too heavy. You're, like, 5'6", and, like, this, and so slim. How are you too heavy? Maybe Misha's just got to lift some more weights. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, well, how, how thin is Janlin then? Like, or how light is Janlin then? But she's mm. short. She's probably like four nine. Yeah, she looks shorter than Usagi, right? <laughs> oh, that reminds me when she's going through the <laughs> when she's trying to scan all the girls to find out who Sailor Moon is, and she watches Usagi. She's like, "No, that no way that that can't possibly." It just skips her. I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that totally saved her." <laughs> I know. Oh, Sagi runs a lot on dumb luck, I feel like. Yeah. She does. <laughs> uh, hmm. Anything else about this episode we want to go over? Mm. I, there wasn't a whole lot of plot in this. It was just a lot of cute. Yeah. And a really fun ba- battle. Like a really fun fighting scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the the transformation scene was probably like the most interesting because we don't normally see that really cool transformation for the monsters. Yeah, they just kind of scream and suddenly they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Although I did like at the end where uh, usually when Usagi or when Sailor Moon heals the monster, they like pass out; they're unconscious. I love that she heals these two and they just keep skating, not like. We weren't monsters two seconds ago. We're fine. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. We're just going to skate around. Like, did they not remember? Did they not realize? <laughs> like, that's traumatizing, I would think. Mm-hmm. One thing but- I noticed is that she says moon healing escalation. And, like, I didn't, like, it was so different from the original that I was like, I have to, like, what is this? <laughs> Well, from the English dub, I should say. Yeah, I think in the English dub, it's moon healing activation. Yeah. <laughs> and they just switched that one word. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't know why they even bothered. Yeah. Why not, why not use escalation? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Escalation sounds weird. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. And doesn't she turn into, into Moon Princess healing at some point? Or am I thinking of something yes. else? Yes. No, I think she does. When she, yeah, because before she's the Moon Princess, she she heals with that wand, right? So that I think yes. then she says Moon Healing Activation. But I think after she becomes the Moon Princess, when she heals, she says Moon Princess Healing. I think so. That sounds familiar. But I could Is it like Moon way. Princess Healing Power or something? I yeah, know. I don't know. I could be way off. Yeah. <laughs> She's got so many attacks. It's really hard to keep track of them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all awesome, though. They all pretty much do kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, her power is all healing-based. So her her the point of her is to save To heal people. and to love. Yeah. Which is super sweet. I'm trying to find... Oh. Uh, attacks. Moon Tiara action. Oh, well, I don't know if this is just the Japanese one. She's got... Later, she has Moon Princess Halation. I think that's when she has her rod. Oh. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. That's next season where she gets her rod. The rod rod. of love. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think that's about does it for episode 39. Uh, But before we move on to episode 40, uh, let us have a little snack break. So, Tracy, anything else you want to add about the salt lemon Kit Kats? Um, so, I was just reading more about Kit Kat. And apparently in 2010, the top selling flavor in Japan was soy sauce. So, maybe that's where Ooh. they kind of have this. Soy ins- sauce Kit Kat? Kit Kat. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see what that one would taste like. But maybe that's that imp- inspiration to have this salt lemon. Oh, um, now I'm worried about eating this. Because mm-hmm. I was so kind of hoping this is like a lemonade flavor, but now I'm like, if it's going to be like soy sauce salty, that's kind of gross. They have an edamame flavor. That's really interesting sounding. I don't know what that would be like. Tastes like peas? Maybe. Ew. <laughs> Pea smells super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, P-E-A, not P-E-E. <laughs> 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 Just to clarify for the listeners. <laughs> It smells like lemon meringue pie, though. It smells like lemon. Yeah. Like lemon. Yeah, like a lemon meringue pie. Mm. It doesn't doesn't come across too salty, though. Mm. I get a little kind of hit of salt in it, but it Mm -hmm. really tastes a lot like lemon meringue pie, which is my favorite pie. So this is going to become my favorite Kit Kat. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's really good. Mm. So it's lemony, but that saltiness kind of like mellows out the sweetness. It's yeah. Great. It's really, really good. So salt lemon Kit Kat is a new flavor this year. Mm. Look at us on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. So, Nestle Japan hasn't let COVID-19 get in the way of creating amazing new Kit Kat flavors. The newest release is a perfectly balanced salt-lemon flavor. These Kit Kats mix sea salt from Japan and the citrus flavor of lemon and the sweetness of white chocolate. Together, the perfect balance of citrus, sweetness, and saltiness. And I think they really hit the mark on this one. Oh, yeah, I would totally agree with that. It, you do get a little kind of hint of salt, but yeah, it's not enough to make you go salty, but it really mm-hmm. balances out the white chocolate and the lemon. It does. So, yeah, that's super good. It is really good. Yum. I like that it's better like, than the green tea. The green tea is like a different, it's like, um, it's a different fa- flavor profile. Yeah. It's more earthier. Mm-hmm. But I really do like this lemon Kit Kat salt lemon. Way to go, Kit Kat. Nestle for creating all these delicious Kit Kat flavors. Mm-hmm. We will be eating more of them. So, Michelle, did you have a snack at all? I know we um, weren't able to get the Kit Kats to you no, in time. No, I, I wasn't able to get the Kit Kat, so. 
I have, have nothing you, right now. Nothing. Have you tried an interesting flavor of Kit Kat that you want to share? Um, not recently. Like the most, the recent one I had was the ones here. So like the mint chocolate one. Mm. And and the, the cookies and cream one, um, but I I'm just a big fan of the original Kit Kat. Um, like cookies and cream was like okay, but it wasn't like what I was expecting. Like what was that I like? Th- I think even the wafer in the middle was like a choc like chocolatey, more chocolatey. Um, and then the white chocolate was just on the top part, and the bottom part was just regular chocolate. I think so. um, It would have been nice if it was like the whole thing was like encased in like the like kind of a cookies and cream thing with the same wafer. But I'm just a big fan of regular Kit Kat. Just love the original, or even maybe a Kit Kat chunky here and there. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget how much I like Kit Kat until Halloween, and then I buy a big box of mixed candies, and there's always Kit Kat in it, and I'm like, oh right, I really like Kit Kat. They are really good. Yeah, it's but just I never that wafer. Yeah, I never think to buy it when I'm like just have a chocolate craving and I'm at the dollar store. I usually end up buying like a crunchy or an O Henry. Uh, but I never think to buy a Kit Kat for some reason until like I said, Halloween when I'm like, wait, I like Kit Kat. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why. Just... I think I it's because there's nothing really gimmicky except for mm. like when they come up with all these interesting flavors. I haven't had a Kit Kat I didn't like yet, though. But I'm not too adventurous. I do try to, like, if I'm going to go out and buy a Kit Kat, I just buy regular. <laughs> I know there was one here that was an apple pie Kit Kat that I wanted to try. Um, and I think it came out recently here. Um, but I just haven't seen it yet. Um, but, like, a friend, like a co-worker of mine, like, had one at work. And I was like, I, it didn't, it, it seemed a little weird to me. It did look, like, white chocolatey on the, on the top, though. And she said it tasted like apple pie. But I don't know. If I'm buying a Kit Kat, I'm buying a regular Kit Kat. <laughs> I don't know. Like, apple pie Kit Kat sounds super intriguing, though. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. I just found some on, on um, no, I didn't. I, saw, I thought I found some on Amazon, but it's currently unavailable. Probably because they sold out. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the picture of this apple pie Kit Kat, and it looks like it's pink on the outside hmm. like a pink hmm. chocolate like a it's a white like chocolate that ruby but, chocolate yeah but with like a, a slight tinge of pink to it mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> all right so salt lemon lemon kit kat big thumbs up yeah it's really good uh all right let's move on to episode 40 the legendary Lake Yokai, the bond of Usagi's family. I absolutely love this episode. It it's, is me so too. sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little sad. Oh, yeah. It's it's very tragic, too. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I feel for Usagi so much in this episode. Yeah. Um, so this is the episode, if you haven't watched it yet, where Usagi and her family uh, decide to go to a hot springs resort. Uh, and while, I guess, also at the same time, the Dark Kingdom realizes that there's some weird energy coming from the lake that just happens to be at that same hot springs resort, and Endymion goes to try to resurrect the monster that's living in it. So it's not a traditional Dark Kingdom Yuma, it's actually uh, a yokai, which is like a, I think it's more like a possessed... or a, a, It's more like a, a spirit. A spirit that's turned into a demon. And a, a Yuma is a monster, basically. Uh, <laughs> I love at the very, very, very beginning of this episode where Luna wakes up and she starts talking to Usagi and Usagi's not there. So she goes downstairs and there's a note for her. And it made me wonder, while the while the family's packing up to leave, if Usagi was like, oh, hang on, guys, just one minute. I got to write a note to the cat. <laughs> but like her brother realizes it. and He's like... Why do you care so much about the cat when they're like in the car driving along? I think he's just like, what is wrong with her leaving a note for the cat? Like he had to bring it up. He does think it's a little suspicious. I love that. I was like, that poor Luna is like, wait, what? (laughs) 
And then she sends the rest of them after her. I'm like, hey, guys, Usagi is on a vacation with her family. You guys should go check it out. Like, come on, let her have some time with her family. I mean, it was good but in the end of result, but yeah. still. <sighs> yeah, they just kind of popped up out of nowhere. And you're just like, wait, how did you? What? <laughs> how did yeah. you get here? <laughs> they explain it at the end. They're just like, wait, we, don't, we didn't want you to have all the fun. So we decided to join your family on their vacation. Yeah, we just <laughs> decided. To that's crash. just common. That's yeah. just common. So I was watching this with with Karina as we always do, and Karina was like, "Well, don't they have families? Like, why are they just like hijacking Usagi's family vacation?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm pretty sure Makoto. Uh, I, I think her family, her parents have passed away because she lives on her own. Ami's mother is a doctor." And her father's out of out of the picture, so her her mother is never around. Pretty sure Ray's family, well, she lives with her grandfather because her parents are. I think her mother is dead, and her parent, her dad's a diplomat, so he's never home. And we don't know anything about Minako's family yet. So as far as we know, none of them have really families to go on vacation with. But we Which, do like the only other person we see their family kind of is Ray. Right, yeah. because we do spend time at the temple, and we do get introduced to her her grandfather, who is like um, who's like her parent, right? Yeah. But it it is really strange that the everyone else just is so independent; they don't have families. Yeah. Maybe but that's I mean, why it's such a klutz. <laughs> it really <laughs> leads into um, Usagi's strength of character is that she's so well loved and supported at home that she feels like she can she has that ability to like kind of extend her love and support outwards to her friends and people she meets on the street and she's like you know i'm so loved um i want everybody else to feel this way too so that's i think why one of her biggest attributes for uh her personality is her ability to just exude this love and friendship everywhere mm-hmm. which is super cute <laughs> uh so yeah, the story of this lake, uh, the legendary lovers, which is very interesting and kind of parallel to what happened on the Moon Kingdom. It is, yeah. So the story is that um, an angel came down from heaven and the guy fell in love with her, but then there was somebody else in the village who also was in love with the guy and got jealous and basically turned into a demon. Um, and then the lovers, the angel and the guy, used their love to seal the demon in the lake, and then they both died and went to heaven. And that's how you get a beautiful lake in Japan. <laughs> that's how they were all created. <laughs> By sealing demons in them. Watch it. Uh, that's probably an anime in itself. <laughs> yeah. If it's not, it should be. Uh, so then Mamoru, or Endymion, I should say, uh, resurrects this uh, troubled demon's demonic spirit. And we, this is the, the first time we've actually ever seen him use his evil powers. And he can't control her. Like, when, she show, when the monster shows up, he can't do anything to stop her from running around and attacking Usagi and her family. Which I found very interesting. It's like he's got, he seemed almost surprised when she showed up, too. Like, what did you think you were doing? (laughs) Exactly. So So, it kind of made me wonder if Endymion is not, I feel like this in the last episode, I feel like there's like a nature versus nurture type of a thing going on. Like his Endymion's nature, which can't be destroyed by, uh, wiping away his memories and infusing him yeah. with evil energy, I guess, is not to attack people. So when he's... Because I also think this is the first time when he's directly in control of a monster. Um, and yeah, because it's he, usually Kunzite's monsters, right? Yeah. So I'm, I feel like he can't really control the monsters that he summons because it's not really in his nature to do that. But I mean, I could be reading far too much into this, which is the entire point of the podcast. But the, like, so in the last episode and in this episode, he says both times that he cannot let innocent people get hurt. Yeah. So that seems to be like, I don't know, it it almost seems like an excuse to for him to like go back to being Tuxedo Mask, being mm-hmm. that hero. Yeah, because that's his nature. His nature is that he can't stand by while innocents are hurt. 
which led him to become Tuxedo Mask sort of in the first place because he's trying to protect Sailor Moon. But even when he's been mind wiped by Beryl and doesn't recognize Usagi, he still has that core, his core being can't be changed, which is really sweet. Yeah. Also, isn't it when he first started doing Tuxedo Mask, wasn't he having blackouts and he didn't know he was Tuxedo Mask? Yes. Yeah. So, like, maybe, like, deep down, that's, like, being brought out in a way, but he's not, he's fully aware now. Um, But also, I noticed, like, when that music box played, he was like, why is it, what is this doing to my heart? And, like, I feel like he's slowly being, like, something, he's, like, like, catching on to, like, what, like, what he's doing. And he's like, this is not me. So, like, he summoned the 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 lake monster and then immediately was like wait a minute like I have to protect these people yeah and then when the lake monster gets healed and she is able to go to heaven he's smiling mm-hmm. I mean if you try to, to replace Endymion with Kunzite in this whole situation Kunzite wouldn't be happy that she was healed Kunzite would not be protecting Usagi and her family and Kunzite would have had a much firmer grip on this monster right off the get-go, like used his evil powers to subdue her. So you really get to kind of see the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kunzite doesn't really get involved here. I feel like if he did get more involved in this episode, there would have been more... Um... Yeah, he was just totally watching, like, Endymion fail. Yeah, but that's, again, that's like the Dark Kingdom. They're just like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to watch you fail miserably. They would totally get a lot more done if they worked together. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) that's good for the the good side. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I super love the monster in this, too. I, I, I love that she's, like, a mermaid dragon type creature. Oh, I was thinking mermaid snake, but dragon makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just, I just love her design. I think I have a thing for mermaids. I like mermaids, so I really like that they have. I mean, she's she's been sealed in this lake forever. Of course, she's going to have like a. You'd think that would be natural. She's got like this mermaidy dragon form. Um, so I really like her. So two episodes with super good uh, monster designs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that, so she's not a monster, she's like a spirit, and then Ray's like, oh, don't worry, that's my specialty. And she like, <laughs> comes in and does her like, magic. Oh, and that's just, I think it's so cool that she's magic before she becomes a Sailor Scout. Mm-hmm. And it's useful too, like, exercising demons, I got this. <laughs> she's like, hold that's on, what I do. That's my specialty. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me, like, yeah, and that's why, like... I feel like they came in the first place because, like, Usagi wouldn't have been able, or Sailor Moon wouldn't have been able to defeat this um, monster in the first place. Um, So that's why they kind of show up out of nowhere, because um, Sailor Mars has to save the day with her regular magic. (laughs) Right? That's not why they're conveniently there. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, oh, shoot. At the end of the... While they're writing this episode, they're like, oh, shoot. We need Ray to defeat this. Uh, Well, let's just make them show up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Skipping back a bit, I like the uh, hot spring scenes where Usagi's got her long pigtails tied up in those, like, loops. I think that's a cute look for her. Do you remember that? It's a very cute look for her. I feel like she does that a lot more often. Like, Like, I remember it more. Yeah, I don't know like, if she does it in other things. I'm sure she does. Maybe when she, like, bathes and stuff. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's probably a lot of work to wash that hair, dry that hair, and then style it again. Yeah, she probably she, does it, like, once a week. <laughs> she has a lot of hair, that girl. Um, <laughs> I also love the, um, just Usagi interacting with her, with, with Shingo. It's like siblings being siblings. Like him, Shingo being all uh, like nervous about getting into the hot spring, 
and Usagi just pops up behind him and pushes him in. Push and him then in. Yep. They're fighting and he steals her towel. And I'm like, yeah, this is totally some great sibling relations yeah. going Even on. Even when you said that, I thought about like that beginning scene when they're in the car and she takes the video game because he's not doing good enough and they're like fighting. Um, yeah. And I thought it was like hilarious when like her dad was like, oh, did you get that from a guy? And she's like, sort of. And then he like basically <laughs> friggin crashes the almost crashes the car just to be like yep. you're dating someone behind my back <laughs> you didn't say anything yep like that was a setup <laughs> like good good family antics yeah how papa like destroys his whole family yeah oh yeah no i love his her family too like her mom and her dad are they're so cute i love her dad like trying to go to have to save them like he's got a stick and he's like i'll save you all yeah and i'm like <laughs> with a oh. stick it's so sweet yeah <laughs> and it's so cute how they're there because that's where they met that's where yeah. her parents met and that's why they went on that trip there like that like it was all like so super cute and adorable that yeah they and that made that family trip for that <laughs> And then at the end where they're all looking for Usagi because they don't know where she went. And even Shingo is super worried about her. Yeah, he's like, well, I should have let her play the video game. Yeah. It's just it's just so sweet. This entire episode, even though it's very sad with Usagi and, and Mamoru, it's sweet that, you know, her mom goes out to help her, you know, because she senses that there's something wrong. And, you know, it's it's still it's very cute how the family still comes together and, and you get to see that side of Usagi's life that you don't tend to see mm-hmm. when she's fighting monsters all the time. And you can so. kind of tell that her mom kind of knows there's a guy because she's like, if there ever is a guy, you'll bring him home for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, moms always know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so cute. I love that episode. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing else that I have. Hmm. I just wrote Usagi's dad. Lol. <laughs> he is pretty <laughs> funny. My whole note. Yeah. <laughs> like that's then, so cute. You brought a stick to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> to, to a spirit fight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we don't actually learn what her dad's name is. That's what I find hilarious. Like, even when he's in danger, the mom exclaims, Dad! Yeah. (laughs) Papa! Papa! (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, I have a name. It's got a name. Her name's Daikuko. Yeah, but we never learned the dad's name. He's just not important enough. (laughs) Now I gotta see if it's listed somewhere. Let me look under Usagi. Because everywhere dad will always just be dad. Yeah. Oh, Kenji. His name is Kenji. Kenji. Aiko and Kenji. And then her brother is Shingo. I love her. Okay, on this website, they list all the relationships. So it's like Queen Serenity, past mother, deceased. (laughs) Unnamed past father, deceased. Aikuku, present day mother. Kenji, present day father. Shingo, present-day younger brother. Mamoru, boyfriend, future husband, and Chibiusa, future daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. future, past, whatever. (laughs) That's Usagi's crazy life in a nutshell right there. Pretty much. Poor girl. Uh, So those are two excellent episodes. Um... We are, like I said before, we are almost at the end. So let me see if I can get back. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six episodes of the show. So that means I just had a brain fart. <laughs> three episodes left of the podcast. Oh my goodness. Me do math good. Um, <laughs> it's time for lunch. Um, anything else you guys want to say about the uh, two episodes that we just watched? I think I'm good. Yeah. All I'm just good. like really excited to see what happens at the end of this season. I know. I, I know I love the end of this season and um, I can't wait to revisit it because it's been a while since I've watched it. Uh, but before we get there, we have episodes f- uh, 41 and 42 next time. 41 is I Won't Run Away From Love Anymore, Ami versus Mamoru. 
Ooh. And then mm-hmm. 42 Ooh. is Sailor Venus's past, Minako's tragic love. And that one was actually cut from the original dub. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, I don't remember anything like that. No, I know. For some stupid reason, they cut out Venus's entire background, which really? is really annoying. Maybe I should go and watch that because uh, I like the, like, I would like to know more. Mm-hmm. She just kind of appears out, on, out of a video game, basically. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, almost literally. Um, so those are going to be two very interesting episodes. Uh, yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Michelle, thanks for uh, being on our podcast again. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Uh, if you want to, uh, follow us on Instagram, we are at sailor snacking. Um, we are still piggybacking off of true North nerds. So you can email us at true North nerds at gmail.com. Uh, we are on the True North Nerds Facebook uh, or at truenorthnerds.com, although I admit I've been neglecting that site a lot and have not updated anything in a while. I <laughs> should put some Sailor Moon stuff on there. I'll make a Sailor Moon page. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's been our show for this week, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.